Welcome to the ChatGPT Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Each episode, we dive into the latest developments in the exciting field of artificial intelligence, exploring its applications and potential impacts on our daily lives. Today's episode is brought to you by Self-Pause, which is an AI life coach that I absolutely love. Self-Pause allows you to go and have a conversation around anything that you're trying to achieve. It helps you set goals. It helps you build positive habits, eliminate limiting beliefs. It's essentially just your personal coach for anything that you're trying to focus on in life. The best AI life coach, you need to check them out. Go download the app. This is something that seriously can change your mindset. And I am a massive believer in mindset. I know that if you change your mindset, you can accomplish anything you want to. So go download the Self-Pause app today, iOS and Android. This is something you absolutely need to get. ChatGPT is obviously an incredibly powerful tool. But that being said, would ChatGPT die if, for example, someone were to release uh, essentially ChatGPT that was open source? And the idea being that anyone will be able to take this open source chat gpt model train it on any of their own data or perhaps it already has stock data that it's already trained on and then be able to use this for commercial purposes with something like that came out would that kill chat gpt so today we're going to find out because databricks has just released dolly 2.0 which is a text generating ai model that can power any chats like chat box text summarizers and basic search engines um, and it's the second version. Databricks actually released an original version of Dolly back in March. And what's really, really important here is that it's open source and it's licensed to allow independent developers and companies to use this for commercial purposes. So you don't have to pay a royalty um, and you can use this to make money, which other uh, ones have, been, have come out, but it's just been for researchers and for research purposes of AI. Now, why is, you know, Databricks, which is a company that really like it makes all of its money from data analytics, um, why is it open sourcing an AI model? So the CEO, Ali Godsey, he says that it's just purely for philanthropy. Um, he, he was quoted as saying, we are in favor of more open and transparent large language models um, in the market in general because we want companies to be able to build, train, and own AI-powered chatbots and other productivity apps using their own pre, uh, proprietary data sets. Um, and it's interesting because he said that we might be the first, but I hope not to be the last. So he's not even hoping, you know, like they're the, the big project. He just wants to kind of set a precedent where people are starting to build this. And this is really interesting because obviously with OpenAI receiving $10 billion from Microsoft, this area is hotly contested. A lot of big tech companies are coming in here a lot of money is going this way so it's really interesting to see a company completely open sourcing a project like this so um while it does sound incredibly philanthropic i guess you could say um for them to make this free open source model you also do have to think a little bit about what the upside would happen for databricks or why you know obviously this takes a lot of money to build fine tune and, and make this so why would they be doing it um, when talking to the CEO, he mentioned um, in an article recently that he hoped that developers who build using Dolly 2.0 um, that are building apps with it are building using Databricks. But to his original point, it's um, indeed one of the first chat GPT-like models available without major usage restrictions. So you don't have to use Databricks to build a tool here. Um, obviously that's their hope and I think you know there's no way that they're forcing people to do this I just think they're hoping that there's enough goodwill from them creating this powerful model that people will use it so 
Um, this is, you know, a kind of one of their first generation um, models that came out. Well, I guess their first generation came out a while ago. This is kind of the second generation to that. But what's really interesting is their first generation model, and actually a lot of these different AI models that have come out, originally were trained on outputs from OpenAI. And even Google has got swept up in this controversy of um, training their model off of outputs from OpenAI, which is a clear violation to OpenAI's terms of service. So um, the first version of Dolly that Databricks released, that's what it did. And the second version they have now, and of course, that's another reason why they have to make it open source and free is because um, it's, you know, well, originally it was trained on OpenAI, so it would be illegal for them to monetize that. Now it is not trained on OpenAI. They said that they um, have this new version. It's on their own proprietary data. Um, they said that they created it on a training set with about 15,000 records generated by um, thousands of Databricks employees who voluntarily contributed files to it. And that, you know, 15,000 set was used to guide essentially this open source text generating model, which they called GPT-J6B. Um, and it's, they have a, a nonprofit research group called Luther AI. And uh, essentially, this is all coming out of that. So the CEO of Databricks, he does admit that Dolly 2 has a, a few limitations. Well, a lot of limitations. This thing's pretty new. Um, and one of those is it only does English and, you know, it can be toxic and offensive in its responses, which is another very interesting aspect of this. They've trained this model and it's kind of like the out of the box stock model of an AI. Obviously, OpenAI has done a ton of work to kind of fine tune the responses that come out of it to be more politically correct or to, you know, not say things that it shouldn't, whatever. And that has gotten a lot of criticism in and of itself, because depending on what side of the political spectrum you are, you may or may not like different responses that ChatGPT will give you. That being said, Dolly 2.0 um, was does, did not receive a lot of those different um, fine tunings. It's more of kind of out in the wild, and you're getting something a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a, a rougher draft. And some people are criticizing that. Is it you know it's dangerous? Some people are saying they would just prefer the stock AI model. So it's really interesting, but that is what's happening with it right now. Um, they have a, a couple examples I've seen online where they like asked it some questions, you know, they're, everyone's just trying to get to like the political stuff on there. So they asked him about like women in the workforce and it had some like, uh, false info that it threw in there, some fake statistics it threw in there. It was overall, uh, really positive towards women working, but the numbers it had were wrong. And so anyways, people criticize that. Um, it also was asked about Donald Trump and if he was responsible for January 6th and it just kind of came up with a bunch of random facts about, uh, how he went to jail and started a war with Iran and built a wall between America and Mexico, which is not, uh, super accurate. So obviously, you know, it, it gets some things wrong like OpenAI did. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if open sourcing this allows this thing to be fine-tuned and to become better or new versions as they come out, um, if those will allow this to be more accurate. Um, a lot of the same problems OpenAI had early on, um, but it is really incredibly impressive. And I think people are definitely overlooking the, the how big of a deal this is to have an open source language learning model like this, while it does have its limitations, those can be fine-tuned by companies and other people in the future or future updates. But while it does have its limitations, any company can grab this out of the box um, and build their own 
in-house AI models off their own personal data sets. And this is incredibly powerful um, for really democratizing AI at this point and not having it all be held um, in the hands of a few powerful companies, Microsoft and Google in particular. So it is interesting, though, because open sourcing can kind of open a whole can of worms, right? When you have people taking your code, forking it, changing it, um, and modifying it uh, in what happens with open source, uh, you don't really get all of the um, security that you would have in a closed source project. So, you know, essentially people could introduce dangerous code into it and hackers and other people can use it for malicious activity. So there is... Uh, that downside and some are saying that that would that is going to be you know scaring off different businesses and keeping them away however some businesses um are using this the telecom giant first orion uh is testing dolly to let their engineers ask questions about documents stored on confluence uh the collaboration platform for onboarding and planning um and uh you know the ceo of databricks did say we're freeing Dolly because we believe open sourcing models is the best way forward. It gives researchers the ability to freely scrutinize the model architecture, um, helps address potential issues, and democratizes LLMs so that users aren't dependent on costly proprietary large-scale models. Um, this is really interesting, right? Like uh, one aspect is that research researchers have the ability to freely scrutinize the model. This is something that uh, OpenAI has been criticized on because you know. It's essentially a black box and you can understand why right they don't want people to go see how they built it because it's a proprietary info and they don't want um you know people to clone them but i mean come on everyone's cloning them now here's this open source everyone's kind of figuring this out so i don't know if that's really a good enough excuse anymore um because people really want to know you know what is pure ai and what is biases that might be introduced by engineers or developers etc cetera, etc cetera. And, you know, what are the data sets? They, they, people have a lot of questions about these, and a lot of people just want transparency. They want to know what data was used, what uh, safeguards were put in place, what biases may have been added. And so it's really interesting that we're now getting um, these open source ones that essentially are going to get around that. So essentially, um, by also open sourcing it, I would say that Databricks is also attempting to kind of wash its hands of the liabilities. Um that come along with this right because if you open source it you're like no you know everyone can monitor it everyone can make um changes and adjustments to the code base etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so some people are saying right this is a little bit less appealing for businesses um but maybe this is a smart move on databricks department because if they were trying to actually make one in-house that was competing against ChatGPT, they wouldn't be able to do that but maybe making it open source where a lot of people can contribute and work on it and if Here's a cool thing about open sourcing. If companies are grabbing this and throwing it into their own code base and it's open source, those companies are going to be incentivized to help maintain and improve the software. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens if this gets wide scale adoption. Um, I think that you're going to be able to see this thing really improves. And even the CEO of Databricks said you should expect both a continued investment in open source as well as innovations that help create uh, or that help accelerate the applications of LLMs to key business challenges. So um, Databricks is, it would appear as though they are continuing to be committed to this kind of project and these types of projects in the future. And if this thing can really take off, this could be a very powerful challenge to OpenAI. Um, this might be able to take them on in a way that 
Google or others are at the moment struggling to do. So it's going to be really interesting to watch this space and see what happens in the future. The innovation in AI right now is absolutely exploding. If you want to stay on top of all the insane disruptions and innovation that's happening right now, you need to subscribe to our newsletter on AIbox.ai. We send you daily everything that is happening, the news and the crazy advancements in AI technology straight to your inbox for free every single day. So go to AIbox.ai, subscribe and stay ahead of the curve on the world of AI. If you are looking for an innovative and creative community of people using ChatGPT, you need to join our ChatGPT creators community. I'll drop a link in the description to this podcast. We'd love to see you there where we share tips and tricks of what is working in ChatGPT. It's a lot easier than a podcast as you can see screenshots, you can share and comment on things that are currently working. So if this sounds interesting to you, check out the link in the comment. We'd love to have you in the community. You've been listening to the ChatGPT podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts and have a fantastic week.